Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Alex McLaren. I'm an actor and I've worked as a communications coach since 2002. Now so much business is being conducted remotely, the ways in which we talk, present, build relationships and connect is changing. In this podcast, I want to explore all those issues and prove to you that no matter who you are, you can talk to anyone. Hello and welcome to You Can Talk to Anyone, the podcast in which we open the bonnet on our communications engine. I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. And uh, this week, I want to talk about party fear, mainly because I'm having a garden party next weekend um, in my garden here in Folkestone. Um, and uh, so I'm just interested in the kind of the, the feelings that come up when we are throwing parties. Do you like parties, Tom? I like some parties some of the time. Uh, party fear is definitely something which I recognise. And it's strange because a lot of people meet me for the first time in the context of running a training session, or less frequently these days, but it has been known, on a stage in front of an audience. And they think, well, that looks terribly intimidating. I could never do that. But I feel a greater sense of control and therefore comfort and safety because I'm in the uh, the power position. I'm the one who's the centre of attention saying this is how it's going to be. But at a party, especially a somebody else's party, who knows what the rules of engagement <laughs> are going to be? Uh, and who knows who I'll encounter when I get there? Yeah, so you're thinking, uh, I suppose, um, you're thinking about being a party guest. Um, this is interesting, actually, Tom, because only a few weeks ago, I was at a party that you threw. Um, and, oh, yes. And a very good party it was. And so what's your experience as uh, as a host of a party? I mean, when you – it was your birthday and it was a launch of your excellent um, book, which I recommend to all listeners of the podcast about the Oscars, uh, Best Pick. Um when you threw that, did you do that out of a sense of it's my birthday I ought to? Was it duty or pleasure? What was what was behind that? Well, it was mainly that one of my co-authors had a birthday around <laughs> the same time. Uh, and so she was the driving force behind that. But I wasn't being dragged along kicking and screaming. I was very happy to do that. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, it felt like a, a good excuse to get a bunch of people together and uh, have something to eat and have something to drink yes. and uh, sell some books. Yeah, and um, having a, a, a co-conspirator can help, I genuinely, I think, can help uh, spread out some of the the stress when you're throwing a party, definitely. And also share out, share out some of the work because uh, yeah. it, you, there's, there's lots to do. Um, rewinding then. So basically, uh, this, is, uh, this is partly to do with um, the last couple of years when we've not been able to have conversations 
face to face. I mean, obviously things are changing, um, and uh, but there was a period when it just was not the case. And the, when the whole thing first happened, when we all first went into uh, uh, lockdown and uh, and quarantine in. I think it must have been. What was it? March. It was March 2020. March, March 2020. That's right. Yes. Okay. So in the previous winter, so I'd been having some challenging times with my son, and I'd started doing a parenting course. Um, and one of the things that I could have occurred to me was that I was not particularly good at celebrating him. Okay. So celebrations of, of another person, and, uh, and then I thought, well, maybe one of the in order to become better at that. Um, I need to do some celebrating, and I thought I'd, I'd better celebrate myself. And I thought I'd better have a birthday party. My birthday's at the end of March, and so I was all set up to do it. And then suddenly it became clear it wasn't going to happen, and we all went indoors. So it didn't do it that year. I think we were in lockdown again the following March. It didn't happen, and then this March recently it couldn't happen because of a family bereavement. But I'm having a party next weekend, which I'm going to do to celebrate Shakespeare's birthday. So in, in, this is actually a kind of a. It feels like quite a, a big deal to, because it's, mm. it's the first big get together that I've thrown really for quite some time, um, and uh, and so I'm I'm understandably sort of mildly anxious about it. So I kind of I was thinking we might sort of go through the various uh, different elements uh, that have made it stressful. So one of yeah. them obviously is the fact that COVID hasn't gone away. Um, and uh, we've all been... Oh, no, you're, no you're, you're quite wrong about that, Alex. Uh, it definitely has. <laughs> this nice man who works at 10 Downing Street has assured me personally... <laughs> Uh, that there's nothing to worry about, and we can just go back to business as usual. Uh, so, well, cross that off your list of things to be concerned about. No, I mean you're, 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 the only way to be about it is, uh, is, is is as lighthearted as possible because it's, it's it is somewhat in. We, we, I don't think we've been personally. I don't think we've been well led on this issue in the UK, but we have been vaccinated, and that's one of the things which is he's got right. They've got right, um, and uh, at least sort of putting it out there in terms of the opportunity. I don't think the communication has been great. But the but we're in a situation at the moment when it is pretty widespread, even though vaccination means that we are, as a population, insulated from it in a way, say, that elderly people in Hong Kong and China haven't been. Um, but, but it means that it, thinking about, well, if we're going to get a crowd of people together, I kind of want to try and do it in a place where there's plenty of ventilation. So in terms of venue, I thought, let's do this at the back of my house and in the garden. Um Sounds like a sort of, a, and also by having it in my house rather than in some sort of dedicated location elsewhere, it makes it comfortable and cozy and easy for me to prep for, uh, and also um, it makes it slightly lower stakes, I think, than trying to. I mean, well, your party, Tom, was at a gloriously grand location in the West End of London, and very nice it was. But one benefit of that was we only had the space booked until a certain time. Oh, okay. Uh, whereas what will you do when people at your party refuse to leave? You see, <laughs> now, in some ways, that's the loveliest thing that could possibly happen because people are having such a smashing time that the last thing they want to do is go back to their drab, ordinary, humdrum lives. Yes. But there will come a point where you or other members of your household will want to go to bed. Yes. And indeed. if there are still people carousing and laughing, then this may present an issue. Well... You're right. Um, one thing which I've noticed in the last 12 months is that in going back into talk to other people, situations and parties especially, that it can feel very, very rusty and clunky. Um, and I've now actually have had conversations with many people, both professionally, 
in my my work as a as a coach and also just in my personal life in which they're saying that they do feel like me i think that their social engine is it's been in a garage um yeah and uh and it has the it hasn't been properly well it hasn't been road tested <laughs> and maybe needs extra lubrication god knows um, what that will mean in terms of uh, of alcohol penalty with that in mind I, I did put on the invitation we said three till seven okay so it's during the day you can bring your kids um it slightly insulated us from the stress of having to do incredibly precise catering for large numbers of people at dinner time um but it also means that people know that the, there's that time frame and, oh, and uh, you're going to starve them out <laughs> I'm certainly not going to starve them out. There'll be a limited amount of food and people will have to leave when they get hungry at supper time. Clever, well, clever. Well, well, no, no, I, I literally put on the invite, and this is partly about giving people a kind of ease, come for five minutes or stay for ages. Um, and, of course, I won't be chucking people out at seven o'clock. Um, and, of course, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, people can stay for as long as they want. But I also, I'm, I'm quite, I think I... I'm quite happy to take the responsibility, to take the hit of being the person who says, right, it's time, everybody go. Um, uh, because I think that's also a responsibility that, that guests shouldn't have to figure out for themselves as well. Um, it should be quite clear that they can stay or it should be quite clear that they should be able to go. I think we should make it really clear that they can tramp straight down to the back of the house and uh, hang about in the garden. We're all praying, by the way, for good weather. Um, and uh, but they should be able to uh, get in as well. And and I think that people need different spaces to go to at house parties. What's your experience of that? I mean, I kind of I always find that the kitchen is a, a tempting place to sneak into and hang around, not just because you have easy access to the fridge, but also because a little den can be helpful when you're in a crowd. Yes, it's it's good to have different spaces for different kinds of people and different kinds of activities. Is there going to be music at your party, Alex? I think there will have to be music. Um, and oh, so we'll will there be come- dancing? <laughs> well, I haven't planned for dancing. Um, but if people want to dance, I suppose um, I'm very happy for them to do so. Um, but as it's just sort of afternoon, hanging around in the house with a glass of wine and catching up with mm. people locally, um, then, uh, yeah, that can, that can certainly happen. Is there always dancing at your parties, Tom? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not the parties I'm in charge of organising, certainly. Uh, there was singing at the party that you were referring to, but there wasn't any uh, ritualized dancing. Uh, but I, I, I'm of the opinion that if there is going to be dancing, then there should definitely be a place where non-dancers can feel comfortable. Yeah, no, there's plenty of space around mine where that could happen. I'm thinking of basically throwing open the bottom two floors and uh, letting people kind of potter about and help themselves to the books on the shelves. I always think that's a nice thing to be able to do when you're around somebody else's house. And will there be a barbecue? Right. Um, I have decided against a barbecue because I'm not proficient at it, Tom. Oh. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's, it's not, not. It's not difficult. Really? Well, I, I think I, most... I've, nearly, I've nearly poisoned a whole kindergarten of children with cheap burgers that they gave me to cook from. Uh, just, just burn them. That's what most people do. <laughs> yeah. Just well, incinerate them. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, well, okay. So um, I. I definitely want to make sure that people have some nice things to eat. Um, and I cannot guarantee that things that I take off a barbecue will be nice enough. That's mainly the thing. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm thinking about the catering well in advance. So it's not a kind of a, a last minute uh, kick bollock scramble as I try to get food ready. Um, and there will be very straightforward things because Tom, what I like to get a hold of when I go to a party is some crisps. Um, and yeah. uh, you, you can overthink these things very, very easily. Mm-hmm. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, I kind of one thing which has come up where I live is the fact that I'm coming up with an invitation list and I live in a small town um, and I haven't thought it through in a lot of intense detail, but I'm aware that people may show up to my party and find friends of mine with whom they are not friends or possibly ex-husbands and wives. And, uh, and that has been something which I've had to give some thought to. I still haven't concluded my deliberations. If you have any advice on the subject, Tom. Well, this is sort of more in our uh, core area, isn't it? This is more under the rubric of you can talk to anyone. Uh, what do you do if there are different people at your party who you would all like to be there, but they don't know each other and, in fact, come from very different worlds? Um, I, it, it's, In fact, I sometimes invite people deliberately in order to bring about those kind of connections. In fact, I was, I was at a, a, a get-together last weekend in which I'd met a local... A refugee who needed some advice, and uh, and I thought rather than come around my house for a cup of tea, which would be helpful, I met him at the local community centre. And by the time I got there, he and uh, a group of other people were deep in conversation with all of the right people. So it was just just in terms of just finding the right connection space and letting it happen um, is is often enough, provided you you know enough people of goodwill and uh, and social skill. And I think I do. So I'm not I'm not stressed about that. Um, it's more a matter of me wanting to let people know they are welcome at my party, even if they are anxious about who they might see there. So this is much more personal. Actually, maybe it could happen in a professional context. Um, and uh, and I've settled on this process. Um, I'm simply going to invite them and allow them to figure those anxieties out for themselves rather than try and overmanage it. Um, because I, I've, I have occasionally in the past been guilty of overthinking this and actually making decisions on behalf of people that really they would have liked the freedom to make for themselves. And what's your personal strategy when you're the guest at the party? How do you overcome any kind of party fear or social anxiety? Oh, I don't think as a guest at a party, I experience it as social anxiety. I'm, I was thinking about why. We just had a week of um, visitors at my house, my brother and his two children. Um, and my son, Frank, basically has to spend all of his time with grown-ups. He absolutely loves parties. And when I see him, I mean, he likes them more than anything. I see exactly my own um, instincts as well. I think that just the sort of the, the variety of human stimulus is just his his happy place. Um, and I think it's mine as well. So if, I, if I'm if i invited around to a party at your place, I'm excited about going. I'm looking forward to, I'm guaranteed to know somebody. It's very rare that I won't know a single person. And also it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to catch up face-to-face -face with people that you haven't necessarily seen for a while. And that is 
for me, always really, really brilliant um, because you're you're stitching together um, uh, sort of bits of relationship which maybe aren't really as connected as they need to be. So I don't experience it as stress and anxiety. Um, I I walk in, I start looking for people, I head over to them. I typically will try and find myself a glass of wine and try and restrain myself, slow myself down. <laughs> so, um, and... Uh, and then, and then also, yeah, I try to find somewhere to sit down. So this is, uh, it's helpful to review this because I think that um, you can get tired if you're 47, like me, um, in a way that I couldn't when I was 27. Um, so one thing which I am thinking about for next weekend is just making sure we've got as many seats as possible sort of scattered about for people my age and older to sit down on. Um, how about you? How Do, well, do you have a, a strategy when you go into a, a space with strangers or big group of strangers of late i've noticed that i am much more apt to perform what i maybe hubristically think of as a rescue mission mm. i've half a dozen times in the last few weeks or months caught myself looking around seeing somebody on their own and thinking i will go and talk to that person they will surely be delighted to see me uh, but, of course, even if they aren't particularly delighted to see me, they're delighted to see somebody. Now, the danger, of course, is that you will get trapped. Uh, so what I'd also encourage other people listening to this to do is to consider that two people talking to each other might still be in need of a rescue mission. Yes, they may, or, or one of them may. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that uh, sort of element of what you bring to an interaction, I think, is particularly important. Currently, because uh, I've noticed uh, that having had so much time away from talking to people, there's a risk that I will talk <laughs> really hungry to be heard. And what mm. happens when a lot of people who are hungry to be heard meet? Um, and there's a, a huge risk that people will literally be taking turns to say their piece. Um, and so it, and there won't be that chain reaction of actually listening to each other. So I, I'm, I'm conscious at the moment when I go to parties, don't show up at talk, show, show up and uh, and listen and hear what people have to say and see if you can keep their conversation going rather than just bringing your own. If I am at a party where I know very few people, for example, I've been to a couple of weddings where really the only people I've known have been the bride and groom. It is always an enormous relief to me to find an expert who is willing yes. to hold forth. Uh, at one wedding, I can remember, I had a very long, detailed and fascinating lecture about the history of South Africa. Uh, <laughs> not something that I knew I wanted when I sat down, but something I was delighted to receive. And in a weird way, it does sort of take the pressure off me. Because, you know, I, I know the things I can bang on about. And yes, if I find someone with a similar interest, maybe we can have that conversation. But if I find someone who is an expert on something and they're just happy to talk about it, I can sort of wind them up and let them go. And learn something thereby, yeah. which is uh, there's an enjoyable experience in finding people who are interested in, uh, in what you have to say. And so being that person guarantees that that happens to somebody at the party. It raises the average yes. uh, uh, happiness and enjoyment of the experience by, by at least a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I've heard my stories. Mm. Yeah, I'm much more interested to hear somebody else's. Um, I'm also very aware that there's a, 
a mathematical um, uh, potential when you get a crowd of people together. And, and that is that, and, and this must have been, I'm thinking back to weddings I've gone to, well, your wedding, for example, um, in which you simply did not have the opportunity to have much of a conversation with practically anybody, just in, just in terms of the proportion of people who were there, because you're so busy when you're throwing your own party. Yeah. Your- well, one, one very good bit of advice I was given, which I really recommend, and I'm really glad that I followed it, is during the meal, when everyone's sitting down, in between courses, take the time to tour the room. Take the time to go around each table and catch up with everybody. Then you've had one conversation with every single person who was there, guaranteed. There's nobody that you will go, oh, I didn't even talk to so-and-so. Mm. I didn't even see them. They, it, was, it was like they weren't there. Yeah, so you carve out time for, for that. Uh, that's one reason why I think I've got to make sure that all of the catering is all done, really, the morning of the event rather than during it. Yeah, you don't want to be hunched over the stove while people are coming in. Absolutely well, quite right. That's one of the problems with barbecues. Is I sometimes think that they're a kind of a, a retreat point for uh, typically men who don't actually want to talk to anybody in their garden. And so at least they're busy doing something. Um, yes. It means they don't have to engage with others. And I actually, I, that's the opposite for me, maybe. Maybe that's why I don't become good at barbecuing, because I'd rather be somewhere else. One thing which I've noticed, uh, which I, I kind of like, um, and it's interesting, it goes back to, I think, what you were saying earlier about the unpredictability of what happens when you get a group together um, or when you go to a party and the sort of the feeling we all need, I think, in one way or another of control. One of the pleasant things about not being able to control everything is that good things can happen. Then you hear about them later. They wouldn't have happened if you hadn't thrown your party, but, oh, those two people met or that conversation happened or oh, we went on and did something. I mean, whatever. I mean, they can even find out that sort of the sort of new appointments are made and that uh, that would only have happened because of this particular social intervention. And, uh, and so one of the nicest things, I think, about having a party isn't what happened because you wanted it to, but what happened just because the, there was that party and those people came along and they bring their own um, uh, needs and ideas and initiatives and uh, and contributions. Uh, it's one of the most pleasant things about it and, uh, and a really good reason for finding ways to yield that control in, uh, in a social event. And I think, actually, just as I say that, I think this is something which is really helpful for people who maybe do find the business of interacting with others stressful because of the fact they're sharing that control with other people um, is that only by letting go of it can things happen um, that you weren't that you couldn't have done by yourself um, and uh, and that I think is something which is relevant when you're going into I mean we did a session a a while ago about oh no networking but again it's it's in those um, moments of connection that you make discoveries with other people um and come up with ideas and uh, and uh, yes that is uh, something which maybe you have to yield to somebody else's agenda but uh, it's only in that uh, sharing of that control that those things can happen so it's relevant both in sort of garden parties in your own home in your small town or in that sort of swanky bar when you dress up for it and you have to go along and scare up some business with clients. 
Um, if you have any tips or ideas about dealing with party fear, please feel free to send them along to us. Um, I'm Alex at the hyphen spontaneity hyphen shop.com. And I'm Tom at the hyphen spontaneity hyphen shop.com. Or you can send us a tweet at spontaneity shop. If you've got any ideas for things you'd like to cover in the podcast, we'd love to hear from you too. Um, and until next time, I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. You have been listening to You Can Talk to Anyone with Alex McLaren and Tom Solinsky. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Solinsky. You Can Talk to Anyone is distributed exclusively by Acast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.